Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Pilots and Petards Podcast, the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts and potentially everything to do with first episodes of a filmic series. Join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the male chauvinist hit sitcom Married with Children will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. And Jimbo, I just wanted to say, also going to go with controversial classic. Quick announcement. We have a new feature of the show. If you would like to make your voices heard before we record, I will be posting a blog, a pre-recording discussion blog. I will let you know when we are recording and you will have probably a week or two to watch the pilot and give some, us some feedback before we record. It is cool. Our Oregonian listeners are getting in there. So come on, everyone else. It's fun on the website. Yes, we are the podcast you want to see in the world. The podcast that listens to its listeners. Mo, do you have any background with this show? I do. So growing up, my dad really liked this show. So we watched it and it was also on basic cable, which determined a lot of what we watched. And I'm pretty sure it was back to back with The Simpsons. It was. My dad also liked, right? It was like The Simpsons and then Married with Children or vice versa. Most kids weren't allowed to watch that, but we were. We watched Married with Children growing up. But I don't think I understood a lot of the nuances that I would probably get if I rewatched it now. How about you, Jimbo? I remember liking the show. I was definitely allowed to watch it. I don't ever remember my parents ever saying I couldn't watch something. Like I watched everything my parents watched as long as I can remember. Once the theme song kicked off, I got a little nostalgia boner. Like like just just that song in general just just kind of reminded me of of how much I liked that show and like how much of an icon Al Bundy was back in the I guess late 80s and early 90s. Is that when it aired? Yes. Yeah, it's old show. That show's way older than I remember. I feel like they were really trendy in their outfits. Side note. <laughs> Fashion update. And Drew Please enlighten us on your background. So this was like the number one forbidden show of my childhood. And the interesting thing is it's the only forbidden show because like HBO was in my room and HBO gave me the talk that my parents never did. I definitely remember it being paired with a lot of like kids couldn't watch The Simpsons. My parents liked The Simpsons, like my dad especially. So um, it was interesting that like The Simpsons was fine. Married with Children was not. And so I super remember the theme song, Jimbo, because I think I tried to get away with watching a couple episodes, and that was the kibosh being put down. So this was some active parenting in terms of my media consumption that was not really present at any other point in my childhood. Did you know it was Frank Sinatra at that age? I I was literally about to ask, uh, is it Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin? Dean told a lot of jokes. I didn't think he sang that much. No, Dean Martin was, was a singer. I thought it sounded like Dean Martin. Can can someone give us a fact check? Well, yeah, I know they both sang, but yeah, it's Frank Sinatra. But like, I didn't know that as a kid. It was just like a catchy little tune. No, that's the Married to the Children theme song, and I did not even give one iota of thought as to who sang it. Oh, dude, that's an iconic voice too. I mean, it's just all right. Well, let me jump into a sixty-second summary. Uh, Al Bundy is a pretty unhappy dude, dad too. His kids don't appreciate him. His wife ignores him. The customers at his store walk all over him. (laughs) It's a shoe store. And just when things look up for Al, he's going to the Bulls game. His wife stops him in his tracks because they have to hang out with the neighbors that night. Al braves a not dinner. Like, why would you invite people over and not serve them food? 
um, and somehow ends up back on the couch with his wife. And you know what? It's okay. He doesn't get the Lakers that night, but he does get lucky. And that is the pilot episode of Married with Children. No, Yeah, nailed it. I like the pun of walking all over him. Thank you. Attention to detail. Mo, welcome back. You know, let's get you get you back in the deep end. What's your high point for this episode? It was interesting watching this as an adult. I don't think I've watched this show since high school, probably. I got to say, I remember having a fond connection with Peggy Bundy because she just doesn't give a shit and is such a scammer. <laughs> but it was also kind of sweet and I don't know. So I think I really liked Peggy as as the her like her role as a wife but a really non-conventional wife and the way she would pretend to clean up and pretend to care about cooking breakfast but really she just like didn't i love the part when she gave the leftover toast to the dog instead of to al (laughs) 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 she just doesn't care yeah she seems like a diva but also she's living in like a crummy house and her husband sells shoes and she's like cool with it and knows how to get what she needs to make herself happy so I'm going to come back to that house on my dangling threads. I don't think that was a crummy house. I mean, I guess her attitude and Al's attitude made it seem like they were just like in a crummy situation, but maybe not. I guess when I'm in crummy, it's like empty fridge and (laughs) I assume things are broken in that house. It looks nice. I mean, it's actually neat and clean. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that house is pretty decent. And also, Mo, like, a lot of people have empty fridges and just, like, broken shit in their house. It's called having a house. So, like... Fine, fine. I'll come to it in my dangling threads. But the house and the living situation was kind of a thing for me. And welcome back, Mo. Mo just stole my MVP as her high point because she didn't read the show notes. (laughs) 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 No, Peggy. Oh, okay. I did read the show notes. I was fucking with you. I created the document, though. Way to go, Mo. Chuck is back. Chuck is back. You know, I already created one, so actually you created a second one. (laughs) Oh, crap. (laughs) I completely agree, and and I'm going to find a new high point. But Peggy is awesome. She's, She's a strong character. She doesn't take any crap. She has a nice house, and her kids, they're not as terrible as Al makes them out to be. That she is a strong woman character, and I think it shows that we had another female director this week. And and I actually watched the credits, and there was a decent amount of female names. It wasn't quite fifty percent, but I would say close to forty percent wow. female names were were involved in this show. And I think it shows. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about about the male show, chauvinistic aspect of it for my MVP now. I could say that Peggy might have been my favorite of the lot. You know, so I'll give you that, you know. She has a a bunch of just great lines, I thought, throughout the whole show. And I will acknowledge this show is so cliche in every single way. But as Drew alluded to a couple weeks ago, cliche doesn't, doesn't have to be a bad word. Those are my words. And when she's giving Marcy advice and when she's making his coffee and when she, I mean, just all those little things like, dude, I, w- I was all for Peggy. And that's why she was my MVP until, till Mo hijacked her as Sorry. a high point. It's cliche, but I also, <laughs> I would say it was clever. Cl- how so? Why clever? Cause that's, I'm going to come back to that. Well, because I mean, the, so you, I'll draw on the example that you said about the coffee, how, 
I don't think that's like been done before. Like that that kind of joke where you just feed your husband shitty food so that he'll take you out. I don't know this for a fact, but I bet I Love Lucy did it. Oh, she did. But she did it when she wanted to get something out of Ricky. Peggy wants to go out to dinner and Al, Al invites her to dinner at the end of the night. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll give him that. That was a good setup. Okay. It wasn't devoid of... But the best... The, the best. No, it was a good setup, but... The best part about the coffee, though, if we, <laughs> the best part about the coffee <laughs> is when they is when they serve the coffee. Steve almost chokes. Yeah, and he Al's does. Just, <laughs> and Al's just chugging it. And yeah. Al's just like making a little like squirm when he like drinks it, but he keeps drinking it like it's nothing. <laughs> hmm, I, might... I don't see how Drew didn't like this. Dude, this show is hilarious. Man. I was laughing out loud with that coffee. The whole everything about the coffee. I'm gonna talk about it. I'm I'm listening. I'm more open to listening than I was at the beginning of the pod. But uh, sorry, Mo. I kind of cut off the uh, Peg stuff. But but I think the coffee definitely goes into Peg. That that is her man. She owns that, <laughs> and she and she knows what's up. I just want to build on the point you you drew on Lucy and Lucy's like one of the most clever female leads in like the history of television on that show that aired 30 years before married with children yeah 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 and I feel like her legacy is strong and I don't think there's anything wrong with Peggy be nice if they built off the exact same joke into a slightly different joke let's stick with Peggy for now and then let's save because it sounds like Drew's trying to steal our high point and turn it into a low point which is fine fine. but let's save it for the low point yes last last chance anyone have anything else to add about Peggy besides just how badass and awesome she was I'm warming to her performance and the pilot in general but there's still some issues nice okay that's fine I think I I think I might have been lazy watching a little bit because like you guys are talking about some stuff and I'm like that did come together yeah dude it was a solid pilot and I think there's a ton of high points. Mm, I'll I'll see you my high point for you to elaborate on a different high point. So I like the relationship dynamics as well. There's a lot of back and forth. The little thing about the cactus, you know, the thing about Al's persistence into the fact that he's not asking her for permission to go to the game. But then at the end of the day, she's just like, you know what, Al, I'm on all your accounts and the stores are all still open. <laughs> And that just kind of plays right, like right back into the Peggy high point as well. But but I think Al and Peg are both solid characters, and they make just for a great relationship. And they don't hate each other. They that's that's kind of their thing. Their well, their thing is like kind of hitting every cliche that you possibly can hit in one twenty-two minute episode. I mean, are they like I was looking for like kind of like a groundbreaking like sitcom and all this stuff. Why? Why are you looking for that? Because it has a crazy, like, legend, and, like, everyone remembers it super fondly. And it was, like, you talked about, like, Al Bundy being an iconic character. He was. He's 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 a Homer Simpson. We could throw rocks at, home, at Homer Simpson fit in every cliche as well. I think the Simpsons do more, and I think they're more likable, and I think they're more redemptive. This just kind of seems like... Well, it's just the pilot. Yeah, I know, but, I mean, we review all the pilots. You know, like you got, we cut off some of these pilots at the knees because we want to talk about what comes later, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, what comes later. Right. Yeah. You were saying like the Simpson characters are redemptive, but uh, maybe not in the first episode there. They aren't. They kind of are. Homer saves the dog and brings it home instead of letting it die at the dog track. Let's, um, let's try and dial it back. Mo, do you have any comments about the, about the relationship dynamics? Uh, can I, can I build on just the, 
theme of relationship dynamics and also talk about I really liked the hateful sibler sibling relationship between Kelly and Bud even though it was brief and short-lived and whatever I kind of liked the kind of sister and brother that they were like he was just a punk kid and she was like some hot she's just some hot blonde who literally couldn't give a fuck about him or anyone (laughs) I kind of I liked them, and then he dimes her out for for her so shady <laughs> boyfriend. I, I liked it a lot. <laughs> to follow through on our promise to our listeners, we had a Metford maniac. This show reminded him of the good old days when kids could play, kill their sisters without anyone freaking out. Listeners, if you have a thoughtful comment that that comes into our talk, we we will discuss it, and. You're probably not going to see a whole lot of kids sneaking up and Rambo killing their their sisters on TV, <laughs> this, you know, in this day and age. Wasn't that the opening scene? It was. Yeah. And Peggy's like, please stop. Anyways. <laughs> so good. I watched the pilot twice. And the first time I watched it, I was like, eh, you know, like there was some good spots. The second time I watched it, it all came together a lot more. And part of it could have been because I was tired the first time I watched it. And today I watched it fresh. But all those little things and like Drew calls them cliche and and like it didn't work for him. That's fine. It really worked for me. And I thought this show was really funny and really well put together. And I think the family dynamics and specifically the the relationship between Al and Peggy just just worked for me. And I know I already said that once tonight. The family as a whole, I would say. And the mentorship too. Like like they both decide to to take on the mentorship of of their two new friends, Steve and Marcy. And we can probably talk about Steve and Marcy more later as well. But I think the way that they fit into uh, the show also was was a successful fit. Like they're so plain and boring. And they're this new couple that's all like goo goo gaga. And it's just so sad. And the, you know, the old veterans are just like, no, 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 you guys, come on. Like this is what you need to do. They just destroy them. Terrible advice after terrible advice. <laughs> it took like a whole 20 minutes. <laughs> So no high points, Drew? I see my high point. Go ahead, Drew. What's? Oh, I like Ed O'Neill. He's a weird looking dude. He's one of those not handsome people who is famous. And I don't know. I It'll be my petardar eventually. But he looked so young. He did. You know, he was in this way less show. bald. He looked really young. He had a yeah, lot of hair. So I was, like, I was like, oh, Ed O'Neill, you're so young. So that was a high point. I would also piggyback off of that, and, and it's kind of treading close to my new MVP, but he has a cool accent as well, and, and maybe I do have an accent boner. <laughs> I don't I don't think he has an accent. He I does think have he just has accent. like a half shout. No, he has a half shout. Everything's delivered in a half shout, and so it kind of affects the way he speaks. No, he does not speak in an inside voice at all the entire show, which is fine, but like There's an I don't accent, think he has an though. accent That's... so much as he's like, I talk like this. No, that's not how he talks, dude. That's not how he talks at all. Kind of like that, dude. I think he maybe has like a Chicago accent. That's that's not the way he normally speaks. Ed O'Neill, the actor, does not speak like speak like that in other roles. I feel like he speaks a lot like that in Modern Family. Yeah. This show takes place in Chicago, right? Yeah, I got that, and I never knew that. Yeah, I think they have a Chicago accent, and I like it. It sounded cool. Peg and Peg, too. I didn't pick up on it as much, but... You're probably right. I I don't think I heard it. They spoke different than their kids, or at least Bud and Steve and Marcy. Or look like their kids. 
Okay. So I do want to push him with this low point because I'd like to hear more about this. You guys have swayed me a little bit. Like I might have been lazy watching a little bit, but also I did not think this show was particularly funny. More in that it just wasn't very clever. Like everything was just kind of like, oh yeah, that is a joke about men. And oh yeah, that is a joke about wives. And that is a joke about husbands. I was just like, it just kind of seemed like a lot of lazy writing. The coffee thing I should have paid better attention to because that's clever. I'll give it that. Yes, that is. But it seems like at almost every other turn, it was just like, hey, here's this thing that sucks about marriage. Or, hey, you're a newlywed, and so you feel this way. Like, it just kind of seemed like a lot of, like, lazy stereotypes thrown together. I don't know. You guys seem to have, like, a huge attachment to Peg. Maybe it's because I didn't watch the whole show. Like, I don't see it. But it just kind of seemed like everyone was, like, super basic. No one really stood out. No one was that dynamic. It just kind of seemed like it could have been any married person show. You just said you liked Ed. I mean, yeah, I kind of did. Like, dude, he looked young. That was my high point was that I recognized an actor. Oh, my gosh. And I kind of like the coffee joke more. But, I mean, I don't know, dude. I mean, if this was a show that you guys had not been beloved of your youth, like, is your nostalgia, like, crazy clouding right now? Because, like... No, I don't think it is at all. Okay, I think Mo bringing up, like, it being very I Love Lucy-esque, which, again, was, like, a show from, like, 20 years before this. This just feels like... Drew, you're playing with you're playing with your mic way too much, man. Shit, I'm sorry. I will give you the cactus joke at the beginning, like, and I would even say some of the jokes at the shoe store were also really cheap laughs. It came together towards towards the end for me, and I will add this again: nostalgia was not affecting my my viewing because I think when I watched it more closely today, it actually enhanced my viewing to like appreciate some of of what was going on. I mean, the theme song definitely gave me nostalgia, but but I don't think that clouded my my analysis. I think we've like kind of been able to block that out at this stage in our podcast. I think I Love Lucy is a timeless classic comedy of a husband and wife. So I meant it as a compliment that it, that Peggy could be Peggy and Al could be that like that. That is a compliment. I know you took it as a compliment. I just think that like it's the same formula that I Love Lucy did really, really well. So much so that they are basically taking that exact same formula and putting very little on it. I think you could say that about almost any show, though, Drew. Dude, I don't think so, man. I think that some things do it better, and I think that they add something to it or they try something different. I feel like this is a really basic show about a a functional marriage. It is a basic show. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of basic shows. Almost every show is a basic show. Dude, The Office is better than a basic show. Like, you can like other shows and still call something, like, just chill. Like, I mean... I don't know. You seem to really, really, really like the show, even though you're calling it basic. So what is it? Is it a basic show or is it a show you love? It's just like not complicated in the way it's delivering its its laughs. You have this idea that if it's a basic show, it can't be enjoyable. I mean, it can be. Like there's a lot of shows that are basic and enjoyable, but this one's like... You didn't enjoy it. I mean... I know. Yeah, I didn't. It doesn't mean that it can't be enjoyable for other people. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying like... Well, you kind of are. You keep arguing every time. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, you're arguing that it is. Okay, well then, from my point of view, I just didn't really think it was funny. And like, it was kind of like the things about sitcoms that I don't personally enjoy. I kind of thought it would be something different. Stoicism, dude. You should have have had lower expectations. Yeah, maybe because it was a forbidden fruit in your mind that you were expecting to be blatantly vulgar and all these things when it was, you know, it fell flat in that respect. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's over, over in my head. It's just, I don't know. I feel like if this was the name of a different show, 
and like we took the exact same script and showed it like if we did it today you i don't think you guys would like it as much i think it's a product of it's a time judge it the same way you would judge the wonder years or whatever else you know is um i can accept that this is subjective yeah it definitely is I would reevaluate the coffee joke because I think I was just distracted during that. And that's funnier than I remember. But I don't know. That was my low point was just that it's like a sitcom. And I just didn't think it was that funny. So you guys have convinced me. It's very subjective. Let's move on. I, I have a low point. Luke, the creep in the shoe store. For one, dude, you want to talk about ugly actors? That's one of the ugliest guys we've seen on any of the pilots we've done. That guy is just ridiculously ugly. And then he's playing like a ladies man. I don't know, man. I kind of kind of hated that guy for some reason. Yeah, he was slimy and not believable to catch that girl that he was with at the in that ending scene. I think he's supposed to like pick up women through his job. I don't know. I wouldn't I don't necessarily feel like wearing a three piece suit is necessary for selling shoes. And so I'd kind of be weirded out by his outfit in general because he had a man scarf and it wasn't like a cool off white man scarf. It was like a weird dark color man scarf. Also, how does a shoe salesman get courtside tickets to a Lakers bowl game? That's a very good question that was unanswered. His shoe mistresses. Yeah, like shady. Is it possible that guy owns a shoe store? I don't remember at all, but... Did they joke that Al owned the shoe store or not? The lady made a comment about how their advertisement said, you know, something about good customer service and he's like that was the old that was the old owner or whatever yeah (laughs) maybe he is the owner maybe but yeah i mean that that's that could have been a low point as well yeah how that guy scored those tickets and how's he scoring those 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 chicks and he's definitely a creep yeah for sure but like not the creep that he was supposed to be that's that's my that's my low point this not that he's a creep he's supposed to be a creep but he's like a creep on top of a creep you know type of he definitely had some late '80s like Trumpian uh, style. Like he had a slick back hair. That's it. He oh. looks like Donald yeah. Trump. He could be. He could be a Trump cousin. He he had that vibe. Anyway. That's it. Yep. We don't have to get political, even though we do every single episode. <laughs> I don't know if we necessarily do, but yeah, mm. we talk about hot button issues. Yeah, but I don't think we get too political. I would consider those issues to be political. I just thought of a low point that might not be political, but get in there, Mo. There, there was a lack of diversity in this in this episode. Yes, a lot of white people and white people problems and white people situations. And they're in Chicago, which probably has a decent amount of diversity, even in the eighties. Like not even in the mall, there wasn't any kind of POCs. And I'm trying to be exclusive to the pilot, but I think in general this this whole series doesn't really have very much diversity. But even the pilot itself. And I think that might may also be a product of the 80s, probably just being a lot more of a white industry. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But still worthy of being a low point. What about Darcy and Steve? They were kind of annoying. They're supposed to be annoying. I felt like they were almost a high point for me. They weren't even believable as a couple, though. They, they got wishy-washy fast, and that kind of speaks to my low point. But yeah, yeah I mean, storytelling... It depends how you perceive it, and it depends how into the pilot you are. Could have been lazy storytelling, or it could have just been like, yeah, maybe these people had some deep-seated emotions that they had not been talking about. Probably somewhere in between. I think they go back to the to the uh, relationship dynamics, and just 
and just connecting with the viewer. Maybe that's it. Maybe like I really connect in a, Miss Nomalous might get mad or something, but, but dude, I, I really connect with like the jadedness of the relationship and looking at the new lovers and just being like, you fools. Well, no, but that was the thing, man. Like they nailed their relationship dynamics really well. Like I, maybe that should be my high point. It's just like, yeah, like shit's broken at your house and you wish your partner would like have done something, but they had their own thing going on. And like, that's relationship dynamics. They, they nailed it so well. It just kind of felt like lazy writing. Cause they were like, that was real, you know? So like, where was the joke in terms of, yeah, like when you've been married for like five, 10, 15 years, you get into a groove and then you kind of just deal with it. So it kind of felt like all the writers were married and they were telling all these inside jokes to like viewers and stuff. I think the viewers were inside of it. I mean, I think a lot of people are, are definitely inside on those jokes. And we've and we've been going on for way too long. So Fair. last you guys both get a last point on any of the low points and then and then we're moving on to Crabman. I don't have any more points. Good. Hey Earl. Hey Crabman. Listeners new to the show, the Crabman is a character that's giving way more than they're taking, typically a small role in the show. Non gendered. It's non gendered. Okay. So Mo, do you have not really the nomination. I'm going to go with the dog. Ooh. Because I forget Sell the me. Buck. Is it Buck? It is Buck. Yeah. So Buck doesn't do much in the pilot, but I mentioned this scene earlier and I really did enjoy it. Yeah. He, he, just, he got to eat better than <laughs> Al did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> That was funny, Drew. That was a good one. No, that was another one where I missed it, but the coffee yeah. one was a better joke that I missed. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching. I wasn't even like playing with my phone. That's fine. No, I think I think Buck's a res- a respectable nomination. And he's adorable. Yeah, he's just a sweet little dog and Ooh, that's our person of color, dude. Do you remember the voice for him later on? Oh, who is it? It's Cheech is Marin. It... Uh, okay. Oh, it is. You're right. I know, and it's hard because I know that the dog has starts having his own little quirky yeah thing that he does every episode a yeah. big part of the show at least a couple episodes the dog yeah 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 oh. okay but let's but uh, okay. let's move back just, just because now we're getting way off the pilot i'm crabless i'll listen to both of you okay i'm gonna i i know drew's gonna shut down bud so so i'm not even gonna nominate him although he wasn't in much of the show he is a reoccurring main character and I'm and I'm going to nominate Kelly's boyfriend. He's not he's not even in the show. His his car makes some vehicles, and he's alluded to the herpes on his face, and the whatever else he had, like the cut off t shirts or maybe a tattoo or what something. What was his name? Cobra. So, yeah, Cobra. I thought Cobra. Yeah. I thought it was. <laughs> it just, I thought it was going to be a funnier joke if like what's his name? That kid was making all of them up, and like there was no Cobra. That's what I thought that joke was, and then I was like, oh. No, Kelly Kelly always dates these like dirtbag dudes. <laughs> I'm going I'm going with Kelly's boyfriend Cobra. Mo, you sticking with the dog? Yeah, I'll, I'll I will admit I did like Cobra's honk. What was it was like some yeah. sort of song? Was it a rock song or was it just like the cucaracha? It was more like a Wait, noise or something. It, yeah. Was it like cucaracha? It I can't remember, man. It was something weird. Which might be like like racist if it, if it was because then maybe it's alluding to the fact that he might be 
But wait, no. Peg said his like real name was like a white kid name or something. I think. Oh, I don't remember. It's like it's like Gordon. But no, I'm gonna stick with Buck because he's cute and he's a puppy. Okay, Drew. It's up to you. You either choose one, or I guess we're going crabless with a couple honorable mentions. It's kind of bullshit, Jimbo. Because like when I have nominated non-humans, you've given me quite the business. But as soon as Mo comes oh, back from her true. vacation, and we nominate a dog. It's just like, yeah, Mo does whatever the fuck she wants. Well, the dog's more. The, He's a living thing. I would say the dog is more of a character. I know. Than the Sentinels' attitude. And the stupid-ass dinosaurs. Those were inanimate objects. The monkey. They were funnier than the entirety of the show. That's not even close to true. For me, it's true. Um, <laughs> I I think I'm going to go with Buck the Dog. Because okay. upon Yay! reflection, that was one of the little things that I I was like, okay. like That's funnier than I gave it credit for. Yeah, for sure. All right, go ahead and announce it, Mo. So by split decision, our Crab Dog Award this week goes to Buck. All right. Nice. Nice. Respect. And now, a word from our sponsor. All right, listeners, especially our our Southern Oregon listeners, if you are in Jackson or Josephine County and you are in need of an engineer, wait no longer. Fitzgerald Engineering Services. President William Fitzgerald, professional engineer licensed engineer he is ready to do your geotechnic engineering He'll, he looks at the soil and, and shit to include such such tasks as subgrade investigation real estate inspections or foundation certification and if you're one of those super rich people in southern oregon and you need some traffic engineering at your home he is an expert in sign signal and temporary traffic control design, you can leave a comment on our website and Mr. Fitzgerald will find it and contact you. (laughs) If you're tired of hearing Fitzgerald Engineering Services, then contact us and you can buy out his advertisement slot. All right. Welcome back, listeners. And now we're going to go to our most valuable part of the pilot. Da-na-na, da-na-na. This is the MVP. This is the MVP. And Drew, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Once again, I have a theme song involved in the MVP. Love and marriage, love and marriage. I think maybe I got caught trying to watch this show two to three times, but like... I also got nostalgic just for um, this theme song. And then even like the way it ends really weird at the end and like the green letters come down. So I very clearly remember that the show was on for a while. Maybe my parents gave up after a bit, but by that time maybe I wasn't in the show, but the theme song was iconic. And I think I'd never thought about who sang it. Cause I just so clearly associated with this show. Yeah. I think the theme song was strong. Maybe, maybe it did give me a partial nostalgia boner. Maybe, I might have missed a couple things, although I think I was pretty pretty critical of of things as well. But that's that's a you know respectable MVP from a guy that hated the show. Yeah. So my my MVP, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, but the male perspective and the male chauvinistic aspect of the show, I think, is worthy of the MVP. A few weeks back, when we did Glee, Drew had this idea that that maybe the whole show Glee was going on inside the head 
of Rachel. I think this whole show could be going on inside the head of Al Bundy. Maybe his wife isn't just sitting around smoking and eating bonbons all day. Maybe she is actually keeping up the house, and that's why the house is so clean, and that's why the kids are pretty well behaved. But he just he just plants that on her because he hates his life, and he doesn't want to acknowledge that she's actually putting in her share. And maybe the way that he that she tricks him into staying home. Maybe she didn't really like blackmail him and he just, that's the way he interprets it. So I think looking at it as a lot of the male chauvinistic being inside of Al Bundy's head and the show being told through his male perspective, I think it also fits into a lot of the cliche jokes about the women as well in the shoe store. That's my MVP. The chauvinism? The perspective, the male perspective into the chauvinistic aspects of the show through Al Bundy's point of view. Okay. Like they're, you think that they're well done. But are you, are you saying I am framing the whole show as from Al's point of view. So I think the frame on Al is my MVP. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's a really interesting theory. I don't, that's a really, it's a really interesting way to interpret that pilot. Because I made a lot of faces you guys couldn't see. I was like, ooh. Yeah, definitely. Drew, yeah, Drew was Drew was liking some of that. I was like, whoa. I was like, I thought it was like really basic. Was it way the fuck advanced? And I was like, uh, maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. If we're only taking it as the pilot and we don't think about any future episodes, and you guys have seen more than me, that is a viable Lost Style theory. I really don't remember anything about the series. I think I think for the most part, each episode's like an independent. Of there might be a couple to be continued. There, there are, but there's a, so your theory reminds me of an episode where I can't remember exactly what happens, but it's it's very dramatic, and at the very end, you realize it, that Buck was having a dog dream, and it was all a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a those are the dog uh, episodes that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, but is there more than one? When he's, it's all his dreams. I think there was more than one because it was kind kind of a hit, but I don't recall. So, any, any more comments about my MVP? And then Mo, hopefully, you thought of one by now. That's interesting. Um, I really, I like that. That yeah, it, it creates a little twist to it. James, your MVP, which is independent of the actual show, is probably my MVP of the actual show because it made me enjoy it more. But your nice. analysis. And and like the Walter White aspect too, like he is he is a blue collar Walter White. Yeah, he hates everything. I loved the scenes with of him in the shoe store, and when he called that when when the kid wanted a balloon, and he's yeah. like, "You already have one." Nice. <laughs> and how all women think they're a size seven, which is so true. The other thing I really loved. Peggy accuses him of like being out having fun all day because he gets to interact with people. I am at home all day alone. You're out there around people all the time. You know, I need some fun, too. Too? Oh, sure, on the surface, selling women's shoes is fun. (laughs) But once you cut through all the hype, the myths, the glamour, it's really very much like any minimum wage paying slow death. (laughs) Right, poor Peggy. (laughs) Aside from all the glamour of being a shoe store (laughs) salesman. (laughs) I know, it's so cute. Um, I'm going to stick with Peggy Bundy as my MVP. I okay. kind of I explained her so my next high week, point. Next week, Mo, try and differentiate your MVP and high point. You know, All right, I'll do my for, best. Uh, discussion purposes. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, I can try to think of a better one. 
I'm with you, Mo. Interpret the rules as you see them. Yeah, for show. All right, well, then I think we are ready to move on. Moving on to Stormy Daniels' dangling threads. Ooh, how they dangle. Um, okay, so here I want to come back to the house and the job and the kids and um, Peggy not working. So this just reminds me of like all these baby boomers like shitting on millennials on the internet and on Facebook and whatnot and like your uncle sharing memes and shit. And then your younger cousin who like just got out of college sharing these anti-baby boomer memes. memes. This show, like him having like a blue collar job and like, you know, probably sending his kids to public school, but then also having a TV and like having a fridge and like, that's a big house. Like, and they probably have a decent mortgage on it. Like, I don't feel like they're renting. So I feel like this show is like all these millennials hating baby boomers. Cause like they bitch and moan about how like millennials complain, but like shit back then, like you could have a stay at home parent and one person working and shit was not insane paying bills because daycare is real. So maybe I'm the one shitting on baby boomers. Mm. Fuck your memes. <laughs> and one of my dang- dangling threads was going to be the paid versus the unpaid work. Al definitely holds that that male chauvinistic aspect of I'm the one that brings home the paycheck and you don't. And he completely ignores the fact that that more than likely Peggy is doing unpaid work. She's also working. And I think that's that's something that this show just completely misses. And I think that kind of goes back to my theory of the show being pers- framed around Al. It completely ignores the fact that that women do a lot more work than men in, I would say, a lot of households. But it's unpaid work, and they don't get the recognition that they deserve for that unpaid work. Yeah, I agree. A lot of the times, even like being a, a homemaker, stay-at-home mom, or whatever... There might be a more updated term for for that, but oh, house spouse is it is it house spouse? Okay, I heard that one this week. That's cute. As a future house spouse, uh, you know that's that that's what I'm <laughs> going to prefer. But that is that's that's a really new thing where Dr. men or can, Mr. Mom. stay at home like and one. what is which one? Mr. Mom. Mm, Mr. Mom seems gendered. That's annoying. Yeah, it's still gendered. You're right. I like it. Mm, I don't like it when people ask me if I'm babysitting. I'm parenting. Yeah, well, but now like men actually care about that. You know what I mean? Where you you want to own up to the fact that you're sitting at home parenting and not just babysitting. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe in Al Bundy's times, that's not something that men cared about. They didn't care about really being a part of that, the child rearing per se. And and there was a greater emphasis on the paid work. You know, the economic. You know, the bread bring, bringing home the bread. It was more valuable than taking yeah. care of kids in a household. I did notice that Peg had a good parenting moment when she was like, I know who Cobra's like name is and like, yeah, chill, she knows chill everything. The fuck She's out. on top of it. Yeah. Well, that speaks to your unpaid work thing is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 And then also, you know what? Let's just, let's just say that, that, that Peggy is super lazy and then she just sits around and smokes and eats bonbons all day and then pretends to clean at the last minute when, when Al comes home. You know what? Good on her. Yeah. <laughs> she's lonely. Yeah, dude. She's at home all by herself. They got no friends because Al's kind of a dick. Uh, I feel like Al's kind of a cyclops, too, though. He's like, I know who my friends are. I know who I like and who I don't like. You know, again, it just kind of seemed like super domestic stuff. But, I mean, you know, I guess people, I don't know. Like, it kind of seemed like nothing was had a spin or a twist or anything or like personality. 
I think there's plenty of personality between Peggy and Ed or uh, Al. I'm, I was bummed that they didn't do a scene in the pilot of him with his hands in his pants. They did. When? At the end? He taught it to Steve, man. Oh. He had his hand in his pants big time. Oh, you're right. How did I blink on that? Yeah. And then and then it is a happy ending. And I, and like that was the uh another another aspect of the of the relationship dynamic that 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 I did like. Like they have a good they have a good relationship. Yeah, yeah. they do. And at the end he ends up not caring about the game and would rather be No, he doesn't. Yeah. In bed with no. his wife. Cute. Going out sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why I think like the uh, the uh, perspective frame makes more sense to me. That's interesting. interesting. I like that. So I have one more dangling thread and I think it has to do with Marcy and being a super liberal <laughs> and hating sports. And this is like such good, like speculative, a nice little snapshot of like what the future is going to become because, because Marcy is so present in, in today's culture. And back in the eighties, she was just kind of a ridiculous character. Someone that's so just uptight about sports and competition and they're going to only do everything they like together. And I feel like that's kind of became more and more. Pre- I still feel like that's a timeless kind of wet blanket character, you know, that like they kind of made her as much with the sports. That wasn't timeless, man. That's probably funny for the time. It's just less funny now. Cause you're right. I mean, it kind of happened. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make it funny so much as it's just like annoying. Yeah. That's my point. Annoying now or then. I mean, probably funny then, annoying now. Yeah, I think it's still funny. And I think it's it's more funny because they're making fun of this type of person and then this type of person like is almost in power today. What what do you mean? Which I'm not judging it necessarily. I actually probably agree more with I actually do agree more with, with Marcy's per- perspective on sports than Al's. But I just think it's funny how how Marcy's perspective is so dominant today when they were just making fun of like such a small percentage of like really uptight people in the eighties. I'm, com- I'm, I, I'm not making the connection of not of disliking the idea of com- competitive sports with liberal thinking. I'm not making that connection. I mean, that's a, li- that's like a liberal, but so is like putting your kids in, in team sports to know how to work as a team. I think that could be easily also be a liberal sport, a liberal. She, she was, she was specifically focusing on competition being, being negative. Right. I think it's a stretch to make that connection when people that are whatever you would deem as liberal would think the opposite too, though. Well, I think Marcy is representing like a super liberal from the eighties. Yeah. That's just, I guess I'm not, I'm missing that connection. What do you think, Drew? Am I, am I stretching or, or I don't know. I mean, I think it's just like, again, kind of like a wet blankety stereotype. I think if you like went close enough on either end of like a political spectrum, you would find some whiny motherfuckers who think that shit's not their fault and that, you know, like it's everybody else and that all that stuff. I don't know. I see the whininess. You know what? I frankly, I see the whininess on both sides. You know, it's just, maybe you're thinking that like, because I think participation trophy culture comes from both perspectives. And I think that's what you're pushing back on. And participation trophy means winning isn't everything. No, participation trophy is like everyone gets rewarded because competition isn't good. And so, like, I think that that's like something. I, I think that's a very liberal, progressive idea, not a conservative one. I think conservative ones are going to be Friday Night Lights. 
I would differentiate between conservative and right wing because they don't seem to be the same thing anymore. I do see a lot of right wing participation trophy, like, you know, rah, rah stuff. I like to use conservative and liberal for, for what they actually mean, <laughs> not Republican and, De- and Democrat. Okay. And listeners, conservative means holding values on tradition and liberal means not really caring what tradition said and, and focusing on, on progress. But I can also very well imagine a super conservative mom who like wants to homeschool her kids also agree with not wanting her kids to participate in competitive sports. But that would be a progressive li- li- that would be a progressive and liberal idea towards sports. But I could see it coming from a conservative perspective yeah. also. Yeah, of course. Those crazy moms that want to homeschool their kids and shelter their kids. And that's usually that's a conservative traditional viewpoint. And they might also be in within the same vein of not wanting to 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 not include their children in competitive sports. I I completely agree, but I I think people can have conservative and liberal values. I mean, now we're really dangling. You heard dangling me. Mm-hmm. I I feel like what what you're doing, Mo, is you're finding exceptions to the rule. I mean, if if I'm just, I mean, if I'm wrong, I could be wrong. I mean, I don't have any evidence. I I didn't look into it. It's just like a really big blanket statement, you know, to say like all liberals like don't like reality, competitive though. sports because that's weird. I don't think that's true. Like liberal thought means you don't like competition. Yeah, I think that's a liberal thought. Yes. Yeah, I don't really agree with that. Uh, that's a pretty broad brush to use. I I would like to I would like to hear yeah, where that's coming from in terms of like why you're saying that. Like liberals love capitalism, which is all about competition and free market. That's true. No, they don't. Liberals love capitalism. Yeah, liberals do love capitalism, dude. Like if you're talking about progressives and you know progress moving forward, like capitalism is a huge driver of that force, especially in terms of American history. Well, we can go to college campuses and see what the um dude college students don't know dick about shit and so if you're basing like your ideas about well if you're but dude if you're basing your ideas about who liberals and conservatives are on kids who are 19 to 21 you're talking to the wrong people and you're making judgments based on what they're saying like dude i said so much dumb shit in college that was based on nothing because i did not have a connection to the real world i'm not saying that some college students don't because they might have some life experience but i am not basing what I think like the majority of like conservative or Republican or right wing thinking is based on kids. And I don't think you should be basing what you think liberal thought is based on like college campuses. I'm not just basing it on college campuses, but anyways, listeners, if you're in college, fuck you. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't keep going. You'll get through it. (laughs) Listeners. So obviously, obviously I am, I am speculating. I, you know, I assume that other people Speculating would, would agree so with me. Hard though, Jimbo. You, you may or may not agree with me. Show. And you know what? The answer the answer might be out there. And if you know the answer, go ahead and share it with us on the website. Please. Oh, we're gonna hear about some stuff on the website, Jimbo. Fitz is gonna get in on it, dude. I bet he agrees with me. Fitz Fitz hates liberals, dude. He's definitely gonna jump in and be like, Oh hell yeah, dude, Marcy sucks, and that's how all liberals are. But that's just making anything that you disagree with is like liberal thinking. If you hate liberals and then you. I disagree with that too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, 
you know what? Yeah, th- yeah, there's going to be some interesting takes on that. Be. All right. Okay. Can I just read the definition of liberal according to yeah. Google? Open to new behavior or opinions and willing to discard traditional values. That's pretty much what I said. Okay, but you're speculating on competition being traditional. Yeah, I think that's a traditional value that competition is good for kids. And a new progressive idea is that competition is not good for kids. Other things like collaboration and collective learning. There's, But I feel like you're generalizing right now because there's a huge anti-organized like organized football and like there have been like waves and ebbs and flows about competition. Like you're assuming that this thing is like ages old when there have been times like in American history where like competition has been frowned upon or looked at as like low class. And so I think you're assuming. Okay. When? Okay. Like during the 1950s when people thought that American football was going to make people into terrible people. And so they tried to ban it at the division one college level. And then I'm pretty sure it was Teddy Roosevelt actually weighed in as, you know, a national figure on behalf of organized sport. Well, you're way off on your years. Teddy Roosevelt did try to ban football. He was president a lot earlier and a lot of people died playing football back then. So So, I mean, you're half right. Okay. I got the years wrong. I got the president right, but it did seem like public sentiment was against (laughs) organized sports in that place. And he was a liberal. It wasn't against competition. It was, it was specifically against football because it was dangerous because people were literally dying. I'm sure that there were people who were against the competition. There might've been too. Yeah. So then it's not new. Dangled. This is dangled. It's dangled. <laughs> it's a 22-minute show. Stormy's dangled. I stand behind my thought, my my idea. I think competition is a more of a traditional value. And Mo and Drew disagree. Listeners, jump in. Tell Jimbo he's wrong. <laughs> Let's toss it to a promo. What does it matter? What does it matter? What does it matter? What Does It Matter podcast with Sean Faust. Does genre really matter to you? Do you only listen to one style of music? Do you only watch one kind of movie? Do you only read one kind of book? No, you're not that boring, and nobody's that boring. So check out the podcast taking the world by storm called What Does It Matter? It's about anything and everything. Because when it comes to genre, what what does does it matter? WDIM Podcast can be found at WDIMPodcast.blogspot.com. Tell your friend. All right, welcome back, listeners. Now, the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. Watch or rewatch. And I'll start off. I could see myself coming back to this show occasionally just, just to get a little taste. But, I mean, I, I'm definitely not in a hurry to watch this show. So take that for what it's worth. Jimbo, I'm going to ask you in weekly or monthly increments if you have even thought about watching Married with Children. I do not anticipate. I will watch one by the end of the year if I have to do it on New Year's. <laughs> just just to spite you. Just to spite you. you. Okay. I, I don't think you will. <sighs> I might not. Okay, Bo, how about you? <laughs> so I think I would rewatch this. When? When? I don't know, next year. Or when it's on Hulu or <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> what? Drew's going to uh, check in, Mo. He's going to check in on you. Well, well, at least she nice. gave herself an extra year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Yeah, Mo, it's going to be... Mo, it's like whatever the iPhone 11 is, I'm going to be sending you like Married with Children <laughs> gifts. 
Whenever it's on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. I think that tells a lot to our listeners. We're not going to start watching it tomorrow. But yeah, we do want to come back to it at some point. (laughs) You're just going to watch it out of spite, Jimbo. When it comes to proving Drew wrong, I will do things out of spite, okay? I'm not above that. (laughs) Especially when he disagrees on my liberal conservative beliefs. Well, okay, here. I'll go back to that thing real quick because you said that. It's so dangled. Wait, you don't get the last word. I'm good. But dude, the last thing you said was that what I disagree with is like you're saying that like going against competition is a liberal belief. I don't think it is. I think it might be something shared by like a very small minority of people who might identify as liberal, but I do not think it is a defining aspect. So I think you're painting with too broad of a brush. Fine. I think it's I do think it's progress. I think in the future people are gonna look at competition a lot differently due to progress. And I'm with Marcy. I already said I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad word. I'm not. I'm not saying that that liberal is a bad word. I think of liberal as a very good word. Okay, I'm not going to watch this show. Yeah, nice. And I and I just couldn't help but take the last word from Drew. Sorry, sorry, Drew. <laughs> you did. <laughs> well, he misrepresented me, and I, you know, I can't stand for that. <laughs> All right. Your apology became a last word. Okay, so. <laughs> It's an awesome apology you got there. Okay. Um, All right. Let me try one more time. Drew, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Always. Always, my friend. No grudges on pilots and petards. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Y'all ready for this? To hoist or not to hoist? That is the question. I'm not hoisting this show. I liked it. it. Yeah, the nostalgia was real, but also I was a kid when this was on. And it intrigued me enough to want to rewatch it as an adult. And I agree with with Mo. I think it's a strong not hoist. I actually came into it thinking it was going to be a shitty show. And I thought it was going to be down there, maybe close to Seventh Heaven or Wonderfalls. I think it's a strong not hoist. Drew, let us know if we've manipulated you at all. Well, here's what you've done. You've made me think that maybe I've just been too tough on it. Because, I mean, it's not a bad show. It didn't like offend me or like make me feel bad about anything. It just didn't really make me feel anything. And you did help me recall two jokes that were in fact jokes. If we're talking about being hoisted on your own petard, being blown up by your own bomb, like I don't think this show did enough to blow itself up in general. So I don't, I don't know. I think I'm going to very unenthusiastically not hoist it and have a pretty strong opinion about the quest for the best. So nice. I think this is unanimous. It didn't do anything wrong. Well, you want to announce it? By half-hearted yet unanimous decision, we are not hoisting <laughs> nice. Married with Children. Awesome. And now we're going to try and place Married with Children into the quest for the best and worst pilot. And Drew, do you happen to have our list up? I do have our list up. Count it down our are not hoist starting at the bottom our number one best pilot not hoist end of the fucking world although mo wants to talk about that controversial yeah oh, we'll get there <laughs> number two one you already announced it last week mm, mo gets to weigh in number two breaking That's not bad what you said last week number three that is not true not what i said number we made a decision last week you wanted to simmer i want us to make a decision that doesn't mean mo doesn't get to weigh in eventually we're still gonna have her talk about some things number one don't give me that look <laughs> okay all right number one is just you already named off three world. number 
Okay, hurry up. End of the fucking world. Number two is Breaking Bad. Number three, One Punch Man. Number four, The Shield. Number five, My Name is Earl. Number six, X-Men, the animated series. Number five, The Wonder Years. Number six, shit. Is the numbers messed up? Yep. Then The Wonder Years. Then Freaks and Geeks. Then Dawson's Creek. Then Stop, because those are all the anonymous hoists. The rest of the shows were either hoisted by ununanimous decision, but this one is unanimously hoisted, so we'll stop at Dawson's Creek. It was better than Glee by our metric. I personally like Married with Children significantly better than Friday Night Lights. Wow. That's that's my personal. So I would put it above Friday Night Lights and below X-Men the Animated wow. Series. That's, that's high Just that's high smashing for me. Wonder Years out of it. That's high for me. I would. Or, sorry, sorry, sorry. Below uh, the Wonder Years. Well, that's that's my personal mm-hmm. uh, suggestion. Go mm-hmm. ahead and, and, and weigh in, Mo. I would put it before Dawson's Creek. So does that mean okay, like... So, so then that goes between Dawson's Creek and Friday Night Lights? Well, mm. between Dawson's Creek and Freaks and Geeks or between Dawson's oh, Creek Freaks and, and Glee? Geeks. Oh, dude, I think it's better than Freaks and Geeks. Mm, this is hard. Freaks and Geeks had a lot of low points. And the tie points, I feel... Per- I mean, you know, this is very subjective, of course. But I feel like there were some, some nice high points with Freaks and Geeks. But very strong low points, I think, has to bring it down. Yeah. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like the high point, like, I feel like Martin Starr and just the, that three-way nerd fight was more entertaining and made me happier than anything that happened during Married with Children. So you'd have to sell I didn't me on laugh those out low, loud. low points. I, didn't, I mean, so, I don't laugh out loud at a lot of stuff, but I still can be entertained. But this isn't, like, strictly just yeah, com- I, comical, you know perspectives which one freaks and geeks yeah or in general right like you can't no, just I, judge a pilot I know, but I know. but one's a sitcom and it's supposed to make me laugh or think things are funny and like, i agree i saw those two jokes so i mean i don't know like it, it's hard to measure these things against themselves so mo are you it saying is. dawson's creek is better or worse than this show i'm saying dawson's creek was ugh, worse than this show I'm just having a hard time now because okay. Dawson's Creek is worse, yeah, man. I feel like Married with Children was more I think we likeable. we have to consider it near freaks and geeks and I, what do you think, Drew? Do you like I mean, you obviously like Dawson's Creek better. No, I mean the thing is No, okay. Dawson's Creek high points are not better. Like Dawson's Creek high points don't beat Dawson's Creek low points. So like the thing is Married with Children's yeah. low points are very shallow. Just yes. that it was kind of boring to me and I didn't find it humorous. Yeah, so a mediocre for you most of the time. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing. Oh, man. Um, wh- why didn't we? What was. Oh, because Freaks and Geese, because he slapped that girl's butt. And because James no, that, Franco was weird. I thought Those that are was a points. high point. I think there's a lot of shitty acting. There was a lot of shitty acting and it was really cliche. We So, so I think Freaks and Geeks failed with their use of the cliche where for me married with children did not in the pilot mm-hmm. in the pilot yeah um mm. you would have to fight me pretty hard on friday night lights because okay that's a, i'm i'm willing to give up on that yeah so i, I would i would put it to mo to make this decision because like as long as we stay north of friday night lights i could be swayed on freaks and geeks because my issue with married with children is how cliche it is and you know, there were definitely some cliche parts of Freaks and Geeks. And let's not forget that I also found it weird that, you know, Linda Cardinelli's grandmother told her there was no God on her deathbed. 
So yeah, that happened. Watch that show. Um, I I definitely think that Married with Children is not as good as Friday Night Lights. Um, yeah, I'm completely cool with that. I think we're judging it whether it goes above or below Freaks and Geeks, Freaks and, Geeks. and I think it goes above. Freaks and Geeks made me feel something. I'm trying to only isolate the pilot. Yeah, the style, the acting, the acting was a little bit better on Freaks and Geeks, right? Like it had a more range of emotion. Better? Lindsay was a better actor. No, maybe half. I think I think Ed O'Neill and whatever the actress name that plays Peggy are both yeah. good actors. Katie I mean, Seagal. They were, they were doing a different yeah. role. We should watch Futurama soon. Oh yeah. Is she in Futurama? Yeah, oh, nice. she's Leela. She's awesome. Oh, cool. Okay, I would put it before Freaks and Geeks. Okay. It lasted more seasons. I agree with that. In general, but but just the pilot. Uh, that's not that's not playing into my no. decision, but but in a very previous episode, Jimbo, we decided it could be a tiebreaker. We did tiebreaker. There you yeah. go. Okay, so so then that's a that that's a strong placing, right? What's what's our what should our number be there, Drew? Um, let's see. Is that a number seven or eight? Uh, so. Um, that one thing to the numbers three, are off. Four, off, to, off five, to clean those six, up. Seven, eight. That makes it nine. That makes it our ninth it best nine? pilot. Mm, out of okay. out of sixteen. That's so that's in between Freaks and Geeks and Friday Night Lights. Yes, some good shows. Man, wow, Friday Night Lights is a good show, and it's so high up. So like not near the top five. Wow, we're we, we're putting some we've shows done on a lot here. Of good shows. Yeah, yeah. Buffy, Buffy is still holding down the anchor. Oh, dude! Like I said. Unless we intentionally go for for Buffy, it's it's gonna hold that worst pilot for a while. Dude, our live night episode, I do not have a lot of faith in Zach Braff in terms of anything. So mm. I don't care what your faith is, dude. There's no way it's gonna be Buffy bad, dude. That's next to impossible. The trailer just alone, like even like even if the trailer were the only good spots in the whole episode, it still beats out Buffy. In probably seventh heaven. We'll see. All right. Well, we that was cool. And that's next that week, listeners. Yeah. So now we're going to move into our Patardar. And I'm going to say, I love Lucy. Oh, I was going to say that only because we talked <laughs> about it. I know. I wanted to beat Mo because she stole my MVP. <laughs> there you go. Hey, <laughs> and then, so yeah, I love Lucy's solid. I mean, classic. Like, obviously, Lucy does it better. She is, she is the OG. But that's not necessarily a, no- a knock on Peggy. That's going to be it for me, for my Petardar, because there's some other shows I'm thinking about, but because it's been so long since I've seen them, I don't feel comfortable not nominating them. Man, you've, you've mastered your nostalgia boner, you know? Yep. You are in charge. Good job. Cool. Um, there's this weird Ed O'Neill movie called Dutch, which I remember fondly, and then I watched it on HBO Now, and um, basically uh, Ed O'Neill is a working class trucker. There's a lot of there's a lot of intense Ed O'Neill acting. Like there's this one scene where he just like lights a whole bunch of fireworks in a in a field, and then the director just lets him go. And so there's a lot of vamping and Ed O'Neill making faces and just you know working with the scenery. Go for it if you're an Ed O'Neill fan. Eight Simple Rules with Katie. Uh, Katie Seagal was on it, All right. and it was like about a family. Oh, a and John little, Ritter. Yeah, John Ritter was on it, and he he passed away actually like before Eight. they were even done filming um one of the seasons he he was on there for a good um, number of seasons but anyway um i remember it being really funny and katie seagal's in it and she she's a good character on it not not as dramatic as peggy but still as sassy just more up to date 
I will throw out another one. I'm going to say My Name is Earl just because My My Name is Earl is just a, such a strong sit, sitcom and it, it needs to be on there as well. As long as you don't say Dexter. I'm so glad we went through a whole episode without talking about Dexter. Oh, fucking shit, Mona. Look what you did. I know, get. and I brought it up. You had one job, Mona. <laughs> yeah, almost did. Anyway. Oh, we re-recorded End of the Fucking World last week, so I got double Dexter talk. Oh, boy. Yeah, you Yeah, because sure it's like a little gory. <laughs> Notice how I didn't recommend Dexter, That would have been way off. At least. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next week, we are going to watch the premiere of Alex Inc. And Drew already talked about it a little bit. And I think we can just leave it aside. Listeners, follow our blog. Come in, share your your opinions, and we'll you know it'll be nice and fresh. Nice. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Pilots and Petards at Pilots and Petards. Yeah, we got a nice little uh, indie pod fam going on. We listen to some cool pods. If you can't tell by the music, the show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for a few more minutes. And if you want to continue any of these conversations, if you want to jump in on the liberal aspect of, of sports and competition, or if you want to jump in about the cliche aspects of this show and you, and you want to throw in your two cents, we will be on the website. Stop by, make a comment, and we can discuss it's time that. time to join us, Mo. Further. Get out there, Mo. You too, Shrek Breath. You guys are missing a whole component of the experience by not getting on the website and I have a Twitter account if you want to follow your co-hoister Jimbo G-Dup you can find me on Twitter at Jimbo G-Dup G-E-D-U-P how's that Instagram going over there Mo alright Instagram's thriving follow us (laughs) pilots letter N (laughs) (laughs) Petards. I haven't posted our most recent episode, End of the Effing World, but please stay tuned. The ending is quite dramatic, even though I wasn't a part of it. But I do want to. When can I comment on? Yeah, go. Let's let's comment comment now. now. That's a good. Yeah, we need to clean up some quests for the best stuff because there's some. I just feel okay. So here's. I will admit something. So I watched it. I, I came back from my trip just on Sunday um, and was super tired, but had a lot of, you know, tidying up to do around here. So I just put on the show, the pilot and started doing my things. And I literally binge watched the whole thing in one day. So it's pretty easy to do. It's, it's short. It's fairly yeah. short series. And so, yeah. so it's hard. I judged the pilot and, and thought about it for a second before moving forward with binging it. But I think Breaking Bad is such a strong series, right? But I know we're only judging the pilot, but the pilot itself was also strong. Yeah, see, I think I think your nostalgia boner no. is really influencing your Breaking Bad. Although, although it is a strong pilot. I mean, you all raised like good points, and there was a lot of high points, and the characters were really likable. Uh, in the and, and they did a lot of character building in the first episode. I do agree with that, um, but. I don't know. I just think it wasn't as good as Breaking Bad. I think Breaking Bad just had a more. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely a subjective. I know that's why the list is fun. My it's all my subjective. point is, yeah, yes, of course. I mean, I watched it over a couple of days. Like, I literally woke up before work and watched like three or four episodes 
before going to work, which I never do. Which uh, end of the fucking world? Yes. It's not just about me and like what I think. I obviously think it's the best pilot. But your actions show that you care. Like that's the thing. Like yes. you cared about watching the show after watching the pilot, which is means. And I watched the pilot early. three times actually. Yeah. You love that pilot. It's a, yeah, it's a strong pilot. In fact, I might watch it again with Helen if she wants to. Miss Nomaly, Doctor Nomalies. Oh shit. Mo has not made a really any argument about swaying us. I mean, she's she said that she likes it better, but that's not necessarily an argument, Mo. Okay, so end of the end of the fucking world just had two. The two leads were kind of the whole show, yes. right? Like they carried the entire. Yes, of course. And they were they had a strong background and like, and they were interesting. And by the end of the pilot, you want to understand why they're both so fucked up, you know? Even though with with the. The, the kid with James you don't really know until later but anyway so I'm gonna like stop at that but with Breaking Bad I feel like it's just it's more dynamic and it's it can go so many different directions based on the characters being presented I don't know I just I just thought the characters were better and more dynamic and diverse in Breaking Bad and also but I don't think Jesse even has as much depth as Alyssa or James in 22 minutes. I think no, only I don't think Walter so White either. does. So, I mean, to me, that's that, yeah. that would sway me a bit because in 22 minutes, they gave you, like, a lot of depth and a lot of, in like, a lot of, like, you know, honest curiosity about these two characters in that one. And, I mean, oh, I don't know, Mo, when you just said you think it's better, like, a non-specific reason for liking a show that most people acknowledge is like a top 10 show ever. Mm-hmm. Like when you can't put your finger on it, I kind of feel like that means the reputation of the show and like your feelings about the show are getting in there. But I just, I mean, I just told you, I, I thought the characters were more dynamic. I would disagree. And I would say Walter White is only as dynamic as the two leads, but your opinion is as valid as mine. Yeah. Okay. And also convenient storytelling was an issue with both series. I agree. I very much agree with you, Mo. Look, yeah, we've we've beat this dead horse. It's, it's I mean, shop talk, man. Shrek Breath horse. is the only it's one just, still here. Holy shit! So yeah, what's up, man. All right, well let's. Okay, I say into the fucking world goes above. Mo, we know what you think. Um, I would say that there's a pretty major like use of convenient storytelling for a pretty big and like important part of the first show in both cases. Okay, no, check this out. Alyssa and James need to meet. That's the story. I don't think their con- their meeting is. I think it's it's logical. It fits the story. All right. Walter and Jesse need to meet up. I can acknowledge that, dude. The way they meet up is not convenient at all. How else does he dis- how What's his other end to making math? It's Jesse. They could meet a. There could be a lot more logical way that they meet. Maybe Jesse has like a little niece or a cousin, and he goes to to parent teacher conference with them because their mom's like a junkie and he feels responsible because he sells her meth or something. I mean, there could have been like something else that would have been a more logical way for them to meet up instead of Walt just happens to go on a raid because his brother-in-law was talking about how much money they, they bust on these meth deals. And then they happen to all the cops go into the house, which is the stupidest, most convenient, dumb storytelling in the, in the whole entire world that would never happen at any crime scene. And then Jesse just happens to be next door banging the chick, happens to stumble out, see Walt, happens to drive off in his car that clearly he's a drug dealer that they completely leave alone, then happens to still be in the same exact house that they just happen to keep records at at the school. 
dude, that's that's a lot of shit, man. That's not just a girl walking up to a guy because he seems weird and not like everyone else. Now, if we if we want to say that that's not enough to swing it, I could I would be open to that. But you can't say that they're both as convenient to me. That just seems like complete nonsense. All right, that, I mean that's fair. It's fair. Now, what's it going to be, Drew? It's you. You you are you are the deciding factor. I think we just got to cut away every single thing that happens after the pilot and consider them as pilots. And if we do, I still think it's end of the fucking world. All right. Fair. But Jimbo, you're being unfair about like him still being at that house. Like, why would he move? He's never been arrested as a drug dealer. No one knows he's a drug dealer. He's an unknown person. They don't know who Captain Cook is. He might still have the house. Well, A, he bought it. He's paying the mortgage. So, dude, it would be logical for him to still live there. Okay, fine. So let's take away one of those seven things <laughs> that barely. Okay. I mean, dude, that barely helps. Well, it pushes them a little bit closer to parody because I think you're right. I think they're not exactly <laughs> the same, but I also they're nowhere the, the same, dude. Eh, dude, I think they're a lot closer than you're listeners, ever going to give. Credit listeners, for. if please, if you guys are still listening. And ma'ams, if you if you gals are still listening, go on the website. If I'm wrong, please let me know that I'm wrong. But I mean, I I just can't believe that Drew is pushing back on this. Mm-hmm. Mo, I can't. She's got a raging nostalgia boner. I can see it right now on her screen. I I, I mean, I conceded to the meetings as being a little more convenient in Breaking Bad, but I don't think it's it. And it's only mostly because of the way Jesse can just get away from that raid. Yeah, that's really convenient. Yeah, that to me is the that's kind the of just only the part convenient that's really story valid, part. Yeah, I'll give you like one very convenient storytelling thing and with then with a bunch of other mm, with a bunch of other things that you can like follow, but I mean a slightly less major you're you're just not conceding that like it's convenient storytelling that she just walks up to him and like the cafeteria. No, I'm conceding that it's acceptable. You. Whereas Breaking Bad, they're really going on a stretch. Okay. All right. Well, but without yeah, the meeting, there, you know, there's no story. That's, I mean, it's going to be like that at every single show we watch. Yeah. To a degree. Okay. If the thing that happens doesn't happen, there's no story. Yeah. But if the thing that needs to happen is a gigantic plot contrivance, that's annoying. You know? So, I mean, if it's something that can organically happen and be clever and make you think or make you laugh or be like, you know, somewhat less a major part of the show, then that's where, like, you know, I think good storytelling comes in. Yeah, and I think I think Breaking Bad could have done a way better job of having Jesse and Walter re reunite. Write the reboot. I just, I mean, I thought the one I did off the top of my head was no, better that than wasn't what a actually was in the episode, and I didn't even think about it. I was going to say, if it was Jesse's cousin and Walter busts her locker and finds the math, there you go. See, but, off the top of your head, mm-hmm. right now. That's that's, that's even still. Another... Eh, but then there's a there's a loose end with the with the cousin. There's not enough action in that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But what I'm saying is, people that make a living out of telling stories and making film should be able to come up with a better one than three podcasters that just happen to be Peace Corps friends and thought it'd be fun <laughs> to talk about pilots. It is fun to talk about pilots. It is fun, but. Anyways, listeners jump in, but it sounds like into the fucking world is staying at number one, mm-hmm. and I just gotta and I just gotta let it roll with that yeah. because you know I can't afford to. And Mo needs to watch. Uh, My name is Earl, so we can settle some, some oh. things. She, she still does. Oh, and, oh, and, and bitch, Supernatural. Really appreciate you watching Supernatural. Yeah, and as well. hey, Homus John, being a sponsor doesn't mean you're our boss. Okay, it means that and, we will play yeah. your ad. 
That's that's what sponsor means. Can I can I make a confession yeah. also? Five weeks later. Yes. Sure. I didn't put headphones in until like an hour in. Oh god damn it! No. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I don't want to re-record this. Yeah, you know this. what? I was so I was so fixated on making sure the mics are on. Me too. I forgot. Yeah. I okay, literally well, I made this posted for myself. Well, luckily for next time, yeah. I'm gonna L- put it right here. Luckily, Mo has a snow day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, I think I've done. I did it before, and it was fine. Um. I, yeah, it took a lot of work and energy <laughs> oh. for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really sorry. I damn. Okay, we got to remember that. I made it. I made this post it for myself, nice. and it's gonna be yeah. on my wall. Yeah. For next time, because this is put the second your, time I put it on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think. I think we're probably good. Yeah. We we sure shop talk the shit out of that one. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like we also high pointed, low pointed, MVP the shit out of that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was a good series, though. If can I, that and, well, are you gonna watch it, Drew? Spoilers. Did Did you finish it, Drew? What in the fucking world? Haven't yeah. finished it yet, but again, I made choices. You guys can talk about it. I'm reading a really cool yeah. book. Yeah, no, it's fine. You, you should watch it. It's it. good. I I don't know how you would there would be a second season though, unless he doesn't die. <laughs> Yeah, spoiler. There, she just did it. <laughs> I'm tired, and I wasn't listening super hard. But I guess if I watch the podcast, right. well, I guess if I like listen to this podcast before I actually finish the show, I deserve whatever there's, I get. There's there is an ambiguous ending for some people, and other people think it's very clear. Because I, I did dive a little bit into okay. Reddit, and there's definitely some some discussions and, and debate over it. It was the int- I have my own yeah, idea. The point you made on him talking about himself in past tense is kind of a indicator, right? Oh. Yeah, I guess there's an argument too. I guess, I guess the very last line he says is in present tense. Oh, which which I kind of missed when I was watching it. It was good. So it was very. It was. It was. It's a good series. But since anyway. I guess since since we're spoiling stuff, <laughs> without without watching that very last line again, I think he's shot. And after he gets out of the hospital or whatever, he gets arrested. And his story is him telling the cops mm. what happened. That's that's what yeah. I like. I would like that too. I actually would have preferred them to have had the show last like a couple more minutes and just tied up that loose end. But it's always nice to leave on a potential cliffhanger for a second season that, you know, going the American way. Yeah, but it was British and you were obsessed with British everything. I know I was on, the, on that episode. Yeah. Oh sure my god! You should have heard the first take, Mo. In the first one, there was like a what logic, happened? like Wait, what happened? trap. Was someone's mic not working the whole time? Once again, yeah, it was ours. Once again, Drew was the most reliable. It was recording mine. Pod, podster. Drew, you're so reliable. I am. I am. I like, know, right? I'm the Cal Ripken I'm of this mess. podcast. I'm a mess. I'm so sorry. Drew, Drew has Drew has been consistently reliable. He hasn't. He's not always the best. Uh, He's not always the best audio, but he's always good enough. Yeah, <laughs> just like Cal Ripken. Well, I'm sorry for my audio this week. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I've actually been in contact with both of the hosts on the Punisher bo- body count, and they and they both might be interested in joining us for the Punisher. So maybe next time we have a we have a host down, a hoister down, then we can maybe do do the Punisher as well. Yeah. All right. Cool. 
Oh, yeah, man. All right. It's cool. Little litany pods. All right. Um, so, yeah, every day I'm hoistling. Drew out. Every day I'm hoistling. Mo out. Every day we hoistling. Jimbo out. Love you guys. Oh, we love you too, Jimbo. Oh, much love. Oh, love you, Mo. I like your. I like the intro with your pilots, pilots, and the Tards podcast.